0: Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Mariko, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Thanks for tuning into I Work For Him live on the radio and on Tuesdays, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg where we focus on love and marriage and relationships. Love, I'm and putting in love in there. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> we talk about your marriage and your relationship issues as a Christ follower in our workplaces. Our marriage is a light in those dark places and it's so important that we focus on that that we take 20% of our shows and dedicate it to talking about those things. And today we have a real treat for you. But as I said, thanks for tuning into iWork friend this afternoon. As you listen to us on the radio in Tampa Bay on AM 57910 and FM 102.1 as well as iHeartRadio.com, Let's Talk and rebroadcast on Talk America Radio, back on Talk America Radio. We're so excited to have that audience back, and as well as on our podcast platforms all across the web. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that today something you hear will cause you to dig deeper into your faith and to connect with what you hear on Sunday. With what you do in your nine to five you know marriage is a fabric of society it's not just my idea or martha's idea but it's god's idea marriage was designed as the primary platform for training in economics and love over the last 60 years we've seen the destruction of marriages and families because of selfishness and hardened hearts how many of you out there want to know that marriage is still possible that it can still be great not just good but great Today, we introduce Martha's folks to the I Work Ram audience. They've called in multiple times, but we've never had them all focused, the whole show focused on them. We wanted you to hear from them so you can understand the spiritual legacy that Martha and I inherited, and we just wanted to share that with you. Three weeks ago, you heard from my folks as we honored their marriage. Today, we hear from the other side. Both of our folks married over 60 years Praise God we're on we're in Fort Myers Florida Martha how fun is it to be sitting at the kitchen table with your folks today
1: this is awesome I'm so excited to have you both on the air with us so thank
0: you Tedney Lane Haynes welcome to I work for him well, thank, thank you. you all right so let's just talk let's not be shy today let's have some fun now understand i'm sitting across from my mother-in-law and my father-in-law so uh, you know if anything is said it can't be held against me in in a court of law or down the road but we're gonna have some fun today let's just have some fun talking about your love story how did you guys meet i'm gonna let elaine tell this story
2: well yeah because um it started as i was a student nurse and a girl named Joyce Haynes was in my class and she and I were in the bathroom doing our teeth, brushing our teeth and I was trying to get the last squeeze out of the toothpaste by pressing with my brush and she says oh you'd make a, you ought to meet my brother, he does that too sort of like who gets the last squeeze out of the toothpaste so she did introduce us and um, he wasn't the only person I was dating at the time but um, he was this handsome Air Force guy that had the most gorgeous eyelashes and he looked handsome in his uniform and it wasn't hard to fall for ted
1: that's so funny because you just commented about his eyelashes this week to all of us kids saying, yeah i'm so glad you all got your dad's eyelashes so i didn't know how special they were to you oh You're yeah one of the first things you ever noticed about yeah. him so yeah. we had the pleasure, Jim, of just hearing that story from my aunt just a couple of weeks ago. She, she was told, shir- Did she tell it differently? Or was that, no, that was pretty It was in more length, same. though. She, she <laughs> well, told it. Yeah. you know, she she wasn't on the radio, so she, you know, didn't have to make it so concise. But, so, so Ted, and they what, still today rub out their toothpaste <laughs> yeah. absolutely, and try to get the last drops out.
0: So, Ted, what was your perspective on that? I mean, but because the guy, the same story, but it's it's always from a different perspective. What what, what How did you... I mean, when your sister came home and said, you know, by the way, I I, I was was spouting off your name to one of my fellow nursemates.
3: Well, she wanted to um, arrange a blind date with us. And uh, I'm not sure that I knew this story quite yet, but um, I I wasn't too sure I wanted to be on a blind date. And like Elaine said, she was dating other guys. Um, That wasn't... You know, we both were doing that. <laughs> well, I remember. I mean, I was dating other girls. Is right, well we I understand. understand.
2: I remember one weekend you didn't call me when you came to Rock Island on leave, and, and uh, I was really kind of hurt about it. And I remember your sister said to me, "Well, you know, you're not the only fish in the sea." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of put it in perspective, wow. there, did?
3: But but to answer, we we still squeeze uh, toothpaste together. That's, that's, <laughs> we have our own
2: brands, though.
3: So.
1: Oh, so you're getting all of it out of yours, and Dad's getting yeah. it all out we, of his. We don't,
2: we don't cohab
0: with the same. Martha squeezes out of the middle of the tube. She didn't get that from you. I mean, it just yeah.
1: I get it empty, but I just do it in a different way. Yeah,
0: we, we don't approach toothpaste the same way. There, there's and no we question use about our that. own
1: tubes as well. So, right, you know, so whatever you got to do to keep a marriage going, right? That's, right? that's right. Absolutely.
3: That's what
0: it's all about today. Well, and it's been a nice long marriage. How many years has it been, Ted?
3: Well we were married sixty one years on October seventh. Mm-hmm. We were married um well, that yeah, was That's pretty good so sixty one years. 61 years. I, I did get caught the other day saying sixty and that was corrected so well, you're just down.
1: new into the 61. It's only well, that's, been that's a couple true. months. So. That's right.
0: <laughs> All right. So we're, we're here to really focus on your the dynamics of your marriage. And yes, we have a live studio audience in the background. We actually have dancing Woo-hoo! cheerleaders. Diana's in the background. She's cheering <laughs> and jumping up and down. It's very, very nice. Uh, talk to us about what your perspective on the secret for your long marriage. Elaine, ladies first.
2: Well, it's really no secret because right from the get-go, I made a decision that there would never be a divorce. And um, uh, so when you decide that that's what you're going to do, when the rough times come along, you remember that decision you already made.
0: And that, that,
3: well, we hadn't collaborated on this, but that's exactly my decision. I mean, I, I said... Uh, it really was never an option to do anything but to get into a marriage because I think that love is a decision, mm. and I think staying in love is a decision.
1: so let me ask this when you guys made the commitment to be married, was there much talk at that point about divorce? Was that even really part of conversations or was it really I, I, at what point you know were you were you going you know what that being away from each other is not really ever going to be an option?
3: Well, divorce was looked at much differently in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Uh, divorce was um, almost in hushed tones, if you know yeah. she's been divorced, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and so it, it wasn't it wasn't looked on favorably,
2: right? And we came from families that um, our parents had had long marriages, right, and. Um, it just was thought it wasn't even thought of Mm -hmm. i just was curious about that because i think Uh -uh. that really
1: is an added element now that people really have to you know they see what's around them and that's a whole lot more common so it's a but the same decision is being made. You know, I, I'm I'm going to stay in this marriage no matter what.
2: I always remember what Ruth Graham said one time. People asked her if uh, she had ever considered divorce, and Billy said, "Not divorce, murder, maybe." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what are you saying, Elaine?
2: <laughs> Might have thought of that a few times.
3: Now. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, she probably did. But
2: there are times that you go through really rough stuff, and you uh, w- sometimes wish you had a way out. Mm. But um, I think the closer I have become to the Lord, the closer that allows me to be
3: with Ted.
0: Well, well let's ask the question, because when you guys got married, you weren't Christ followers yet, right? No. No.
3: We were we were good religious people. So you were church people? Yeah.
0: yeah. Good religious people. Yeah. You know what those are good for? Well. Nothing. Good for nothing. Right. <laughs> Jesus ran the religious people off, but you know yeah. that now. Yes. But so you had an essence, you had a, a, a foundation for faith, because you've been going to church, so you knew some of the stories already. You've been church. Yeah. Both of you have been going to church? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Same
3: but, faith yeah, in different parts of the, you know, I'm what country.
2: I want to like go back a little bit, because... My parents were not in favor of our marriage, and that was a really, really difficult thing. And I was headstrong and bound determined I was going to marry this man. Mm -hmm. And I got married without their blessing, and it was a very difficult uh, ceremony to experience without any of my family there, and it was very hurtful. And um, there came a time that I really had to beg them for my mother's forgiveness for marrying in the way that we did without them. But I've never regretted marrying my husband.
0: And I certainly am grateful that you married your husband, because I got a great deal out of this with my incredible wife. Martha, why don't you talk about, I mean, we've talked many times on the air about how proud we are of the the legacy that both of our folks have laid for us with Mm -hmm. 61 and 63 years of marriage. Uh, But it's fun to be able to finally get your folks together on the air with us sharing all this.
1: Yeah, it is. Actually, I was thinking about the fact a couple years ago we had asked... You guys to be on And mom's like oh, I'm not going to go On the radio So we've come a long way Yes we have <laughs> So I'm excited about that And you know You had mentioned A couple of things In the last segment About the fact that Your parents have both Had long term marriages And Jim and I Often talk about the fact <laughs> That um, we know that That long term marriage Is a, a huge benefit And a lot of people Don't have that blessing Yeah And so we are Very thankful for that we talk about it A lot on the radio um, And right before the break You were sharing About how difficult difficult it was to um go into your marriage without your parents blessing and then going back later and and not being regretful for your marriage but the way that you maybe um approached it. And right. so mom what else could you tell our listeners in just a couple of minutes about um how they could maybe handle a difficult situation or what you maybe would have done differently that other people can learn from.
2: Well I wasn't a believer. I was uh, a a good church person and had good morals. But the fact that Christ wasn't leading my life uh, made me make some decisions that I probably wouldn't have made it so rapidly if I had been a mature Christian. But uh, I realized I was young. I was only 21, barely 21, and um, immature in life itself, but I wasn't a dedicated Christian. Mm-hmm. And so I really uh, feel that the way I did it, you know, um, I was immature.
0: But Ted was an Air Force guy. You're a nurse. You guys had had a job at the airport as well. What was it that your parents objected to?
2: Well, he was out of the Air Force. He had gone to school on the GI Bill and became a photographer. And he had already set up his own business. But to my parents uh they had aspirations of me marrying somebody who had a different kind of education and um career choice and they downgraded what he did and called him just a picture taker mm-hmm. and it was demeaning because he was a very good photographer mm-hmm. and um, he was running his own business and i might i, I really admired that in him mm-hmm. and, and your uh,
0: parents were entrepreneurs they had a furniture store or I a gas know. station so it's just a different, they just didn't see the arts as much of a provision.
2: I think sometimes as parents, we make the mistake of trying to plan our children's lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And when they don't. And you're saying we
1: shouldn't do that? <laughs> <laughs> Say it right here for everybody to hear. This is, our audience needs to hear. Oh,
2: yes. Because if you get. So set in your ways that um, your kids, you don't think they can make any of their own decisions and make their own choices. Um, it it causes for real problems between children and parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow! All right. So you guys, talk to talk us for your story, tip, where the spiritual legacy started. How did you and Elaine come to know Jesus Christ?
3: Well, in my business, I always felt a need. Mm-hmm to be better with people and i heard about a dale carnegie course and the dale carnegie course um i enrolled in and they you know that's how to win friends and influence people and
0: still teaching it today yeah
3: and and the instructor was a cross christ follower and he he listened to the stories that people tell at dale carnegie and he sorted out the ones that were seekers Hmm. people that you know, there was a he could tell a, a void in their lives, and he would uh, take us to the uh, coffee shop in the hotel, and and he said, "How would you guys like to have a Bible study?" And we thought that'd be really cool. He said, "And why don't we do it at your house, Hanes?" And we <laughs> we so it ended up the twelve people from the Dale Carnegie class, wow. which was a class of. Only, only about twice that many people mm-hmm. uh, came to our house on a weekly basis. He had a friend that was—he uh, said, just called him a, um, a guy that knew something about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Happened to be a, a guy that graduated from um, Dallas Seminary, <coughs> and so he knew quite he a bit about, about the Bible. About the Bible yeah. Yeah. But At, what
1: a great approach!
3: Yeah, and and he came into our house, and he—the first thing out of his mouth was, "Somebody, tell me something about the Bible." And somebody said, um, "I've heard of Abraham." And Elaine said, "Who was Abraham?" Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how how basic how basic we were. Mm-hmm. We we knew a lot of things about church. We knew very little things about the Bible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so and we there's a
0: lot of people today that that's the case. They know a lot of people, a lot of things about church, but not a lot about what the Bible actually says.
3: That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where it started. And um, we we both at some point in their came to accept Christ. Elaine did it at a um, Billy Graham conference. Mm -hmm. And um, a bunch of people that were in this man's Bible study groups around the country uh, went to Chicago and uh, committed their lives to Christ. I'm really telling Elaine's story a little bit.
1: That's okay. That's what marriage is all about. We tell each other stories. <laughs> <laughs> and what's, what's great with
0: you guys after so many years, you guys tell the same story different, so it makes it even more exciting. It's different color. So it's good.
3: Well, that's probably true. Yeah. yeah. What difference would you have said about that?
2: Nothing. I think the home Bible studies gave us the foundation, and it was at this Billy Graham crusade in Chicago mm-hmm. that uh the holy spirit really touched my heart and it was then that i made a commitment to follow him mm-hmm.
0: what about you ted when, when was it, when did you make that decision go ahead you could take your drink you could just oh martin i can talk for a while you we'll take talk. your drink uh so i mean it, i want to come up i want to find out that Ted. i want to find out how did when did you come up go ahead Martha. well while
1: we're waiting on that you know one of the things that we have learned as well that we can carry on that theme is the value of being involved in a small group in home bible study Mm -hmm. the value of that accountability that transparency that um learning at a deeper level with people that are also trying to learn the bible and not just um you know ease through life and Go on somebody else's coattail.
2: It was a safe place mm-hmm. that you could be honest, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you could be free to share how you really were thinking or feeling, and you weren't put down for what you didn't know. Right.
1: You know, and and let me just mention also on that, with the thoughts of I work for him and what we talk about on the radio every day. Think about that Dale Carnegie guy and the fact that he took his workplace. And said, Lord, how can you use me to bring more people to you? And he used that very platform that God had given him and was pouring into people's lives uh, in a way that you know is immeasurable because look at what it did to you and the other 10 people that might have been in that room, and he did groups other places too. So um, I'm just encouraged by that, that he was looking at his workplace and saying, Lord, what can Absolutely. I use it for? And, and that was his
2: purpose of Dale Carnegie, frankly. And, How
1: awesome and, is and that? And we
3: love that guy. Uh, <laughs> his name was Jim Marshall, and um, we, we eventually went to his church. His church was... A long ways away. I'm mean, yeah. what was it? A hundred I don't know. It, it Burlington,
0: was,
2: Iowa.
3: Yeah, down in Burlington.
0: A long time. But you guys told
1: way. stories. Sundays you packed a lunch, you took those the family all day yep. to church and yep. stayed Stroke for- down
2: there and you were kids and someone would invite us to their house and would sing around a piano and and stay for evening service and uh, then uh, uh take your kids back home in your jammies and yep. it it was the way we did sunday yep wow. full full immersion yeah, yeah. so yeah.
0: so ted what was the turning point for you
3: it was during the del carnegie or the um, home bible study and we were into it oh i i think it was around the 12th week and i realized that i really had this void that was obvious to everybody else and that's when i asked christ to be my lord and savior mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's fast forward a, a, a little bit, and I want to talk about. Well, we're running out of time in the segment. I, what, I want to talk about. Let's just talk about in this really short period of time. Your favorite marriage resources, like the things you guys go to when you're when you're when you're struggling a little bit in your marriage. What, what are some of those favorite marriage resources?
2: Well, Ted and I talked about this, and he said he didn't have any.
3: <laughs> uh, outside of the Bible, you know. yeah,
2: okay, well, I, that's fair. I I have done a lot of reading. I went through a real difficult time in my life and I realize that depression has been in my life many, many times, sometimes heavier than others. And through the readings that I did and the counseling that I went through, I would say those were my resources Mm -hmm. to enrich my marriage. Mm -hmm. And and
0: you're constantly serving other people by making incredible things for them as as an extraordinary, not only a nurse, but also a seamstress. When you're feeding into other people, I know that that also brings healing to your soul. You love to do stuff like that. So we got lots of both. These guys are incredible artists. Ted with wood and photography, and Elaine with photography and with stitching. And also, she still loves to nurse people around.
1: I will say, I grew up in a home where Christian talk radio was always on. Mm-hmm. Both of you listen to it and listen to um, a lot of different learning tools from a biblical perspective. And I, you know, you That's may not true. see them as being so intentional, but it's a part of who you. Are and the life that you 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 always are a sponge. You both are learners, whether you realize it or not.
0: Yeah. Now, and in my household, we didn't grow up with music going all the time. And whenever at your house, I'm like, there's always music going. There's always music going. All right. So I want to talk about some of those tougher years because raising a family. There's a lot of people listening today going, sure, it's nice. They're they've been married 61 years now. Now they're in the easy years. They're retired. Everything's fine. But there's a lot of people have little kids. They got teenagers. They got kids dating and they're like, oh, these are really tough years. What was the what was just overall, sixty one years, what was the hardest part of the last sixty one years? Elaine?
2: Well, um, we grew grew up as a family during the time that daddy goes to work and earns the money and mama stays home and takes care of the kids and there were a lot of times that ted was absent when i needed help we have four kids mm-hmm. and um there were A lot of times I was discouraged as a mom because it was different nowadays. Uh, Nowadays the dads are very much involved in raising the children, but 50 years ago they weren't. And I, I remember one time Ted had been to some kind of a conference and he came home and he says, well, I'm going to lead this family. I'm going to be the leader. And I thought, hmm, what am I going to do now? I've been the leader. And haven't I been doing a good job? And, you know, it was very difficult to turn responsibilities over to Ted because I had been... Doing it in my way, and um, but we were able to get through some of those years, and and um, I had two little decals on the mirror in the bathroom, and one of them says, "If you can, if you can keep your head in the midst of all this confusion, you don't understand the situation," <laughs> <laughs> and the other one says, "I only remember the good stuff." Mm. And um, that was during the years that I was raising those little children that I looked at those decals and learned them and lived by them. But um, we had family that supported us. Uh, We were blessed that Ted's parents lived close by Mm -hmm. and um, neighborhoods and friends in church. We got together a lot with our friends and their families and we helped each other in our tough times as kids were growing up
0: ted go back to that time when you came home to elaine and said okay i'm going to be the leader in this household elaine is a much stronger personality than you she and i are very much alike you and martha very much alike um so she was leading out of natural tendency, and you were comfortable letting her lead. And there's a lot of people listening today that are in that situation. Martha and I work with a lot of couples where the woman's got the stronger personality, and the guy, when you're talking about being a leader, you were talking about finally leading the, the household spiritually, right?
3: Yeah, and that this takes a little background. Um, first of all, I would, I would get up early and leave the house and go to work and then leave her with the four kiddos to spill milk and all that stuff that I wanted to avoid. And I had two heroes. Uh, one of them was Stanley Tam, and the other one was Laterno. Both men um, gave 90% of their earnings to God and lived off of 10%. And I met both these men, and they were people I wanted to be like. So I created a, a laboratory called Creators Custom Color, and I named it after our creator. And I went to I went to uh, work every morning to do my studio plus Creators Custom Color, and Creators Custom Color lasted nine years and never made enough money to support itself. So it was always draining from our household. And every morning before I would go in, I would be in my car behind my studio building and i would say lord um i'm doing all this to serve you um, now bless it and I, w- I went in one day and i went through the studio and i went up the steps to the laboratory and it was totally totally quiet and the lab manager came from the back of the of the studio or the laboratory and he says you're out of business and I said, what do you mean? He says, I've gotten jobs for all the other employees. That time we had twelve. And I have a job uh, myself and I'm leaving. And I I thought, what happened? And I went back to the to the my prayer closet, sat in the car, and I prayed, Lord, what happened? And I can't tell you how I heard this, but I heard in my mind. I never ask you to do this. Mm-hmm. I only ask you to be the head of your home. And that's when I went home and I told Elaine <laughs> that. And she did. She said, I'm doing a pretty good job. Why should I turn it over to you? Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm going to have to think about this. <laughs> so that's where our stories dovetail. Okay.
0: Well, and that was really a turning point in your marriage, wasn't it?
3: Oh, I think so. I think so. We were, we were practically <laughs> wiped out financially. And... um Really, if it hadn't been for two guys in the same industry, one of them was a Christ follower named Don Lonis, came down from um, the um, Cedar Rapids area, and he just prayed with me as a friend. And the other man was a guy named Sid McKenna, who um, actually lives down here somewhere now. And he came in and he said, I'll trade you the equipment that you own for work that you will need. And that's the way we did it. I didn't have to spend any money, and yet I got resources.
0: All right. So that helped pull you out. Let's, let's move on then into those toddler years, Elaine. And I know that those, some of this is overlap, but you have four kids. They're eight years apart, Martha being the youngest, Diana being the oldest. And, and you look at those. Those are tough years. A lot, of, a lot of moms and dads listening today are going, these are tough years. I'm exhausted. I never get any sleep. Uh, the, the kids are very needy. How hard were those years on your marriage? well
2: i don't know we were kind of living two lives Mm -hmm. and um i i did what i needed to do and it was difficult um we had one of our children that uh had exceptional learning needs and um things weren't going well at school and I was trying to help with the tutoring and and it wasn't going well and uh, those were tough times and as far as our marriage um, you just keep on keeping on Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't think of it as oh this is tough on our marriage. I, I thought of it more like wow, i got an awful job to do here with these four kids. I have to tell you, though, our kids are good kids. And like I said on the mirror, I only remember the good stuff. I said something the other day when uh, all of our children were together that, um, you know, you were good teenagers. (laughs) And there were some grins in the crowd (laughs) like, oh, but you didn't know I did this or that but i can't say that i look back on growing up years or teenage years with with disdain over my kids they were now, good kids
0: god did some amazing work in your lives and as the photography business collapsed really in the quad cities because of the the really the, the depression of the 1980s and the implement business the lord moved you guys to the mission field for a year the lord used your photography skills ted and elaine and you took martha and mary with you for a year in venezuela how how transitional how transformational was that on your marriage and really on your life
3: well i was i really felt god called us and i I think elaine felt that she was called to be my wife And, and so she never expressed the calling on her life to go to venezuela but she was commissioned as a missionary as was i um And Mary and Martha, uh, if they had said they didn't want to go, we had committed not to go. And yet they were very excited about it. They looked at it like an opportunity. They were going to go to a school eventually that was 12 hours away from where we live.
0: Twelve mountain hours away. And and it was because of that mission work that it eventually moved you from the Quad Cities of Illinois to Minneapolis, St. Paul. And frankly, I am very glad you heeded that call to Venezuela because it's been 31 amazing years of my wife because you guys moved to Minneapolis. Now,
1: we are on the air with my mom and dad and have the privilege of being able to just share a little bit about your life and with our listeners so that they can be challenged, encouraged, you know, hear um, some examples that maybe they can implement in their lives. And so that's why we've done this. And I've grown up in a home where you guys have. Um, lived out the "I work for him" philosophy without even knowing it or having a name behind mm-hmm. it, and so that's one of the things that we we want to address. But you know, you were talking about that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Jim. I was just
0: going to say that you know we're skipping over some really key questions that we wanted to have answered. Like when Martha and I started dating, did you ever want to run me off? But unfortunately, we're out of time. So go ahead and ask oh
1: bummer, you, we're going to have uh, to. Well,
0: I want on. to answer that. No, you can. We got to move on. Okay, <laughs> go ahead.
3: My decision was I would love whoever my children loved.
0: Mm. So you were stuck with me. Okay.
3: <laughs> well, I always knew. It's
0: gotten better over the years, though, hasn't it? Jim,
3: when I met you, you were selling Ginsu knives at the state fair. Mm-hmm. And I said to Elaine, I don't worry about Martha because Jim is very resourceful.
0: That's right, Ginsu knives and Washmatic Internationals. So, okay, good. That's
1: great. So we talked about you know raising us as kids and how busy that was and how you you know functioned in the home and and how difficult that could be. When you move on to the empty nester years, you know a lot of people don't even know each other because of living such separate lives. But through the move to Venezuela and then to Minnesota, um, I think that you know God kind of helped you guys in that area. What do you believe um, helped? How did you make your marriage stronger as we all left the home, and it was the two of you left there?
2: We did start working together mm-hmm. uh, uh, I was not called to photography; I was a nurse, mm-hmm. and for a while, I did some nursing things in Minnesota, but then um in Uh, When Ted was 60, he had a stroke. It was a minor stroke, but nevertheless, it uh, really um, uh, turned our lights on, like... Mm -hmm what how are we going to function together and and do things together and so he said he really needed me then in the studio business and it was a struggle for a while because I loved being a nurse but I realized I had to have a come to Jesus meeting where he told me it's my this is for this time in my life mm. and when I finally uh, quit Um, fighting Mm -hmm. internally that I thought I had to do this but that God placed me here to do this that I had a big change in life when I realized who I am in Christ Mm -hmm. it didn't matter who I am to my neighbors or who I am to um, the business it was who I am in Christ that made a difference in my attitude. Mm. And uh, as far as what I did then, because I didn't have the children around, um, I became a MOPs mentor. And I mothered a lot of moms who were having little babies. Mm-hmm. And it was a wonderful time because it was a place we could be transparent. And those moms now are becoming grandmothers, so that tells you how long ago (laughs) it was.
0: Well, and but that was a great time when you had your photography business, and you guys really be coming together as a team and doing incredible work and winning all kinds of awards. You eventually sold off the photography business and started spending summers in you know northern Minnesota and winters down here in Florida. What, how have you seen these I-retire-for-him years expand your ministry? Because you guys are still in ministry today. What are some of the things that you've been doing?
3: Well, I currently am uh, is a uh, with Pocket Testament League, and I have the um, opportunity to share Christ with people every day through the Pocket Testament League. And as you witnessed today at mm-hmm. lunch, you know, the server, I said, this is not your tip. I said, but I'd like to offer this a gospel of John. Would you accept it? Mm-hmm. And she did. Mm-hmm. And um, it's because I think sometimes religious people think that that if they give something that is Christ-centered, that replaces the tip. I think that's a big mistake. Yeah. I think you're you're obliged to give a right. little better tip. Amen. Right. If you uh,
0: you gave one to the screen replacement guy today too, you, and and you're doing woodworking, you use that as a ministry. I mean, I mean, you. I mean, you've got the sign out of the on the, the garage that says, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm open," and people stop by and talk to you while you're
3: turning wood. <laughs> That's <wit>. true. People <laughs> have come up to see what what they've heard this noise and everything, and and they but, do come up and talk. And um, I had a sign in front of the lathe that says, "What is your purpose?" Mm-hmm. And once in a while, somebody will take the bait. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen people look at that and they think. Uh, I'm not going to ask him that, you know, (laughs) but, but then you get a chance to talk about what, what is their purpose?
0: Mm. Elaine, you keep saying, well, I was a nurse and I was, I was a good nurse and I loved nursing, but you've also been a seamstress all your life. You learned that from your mom Yes. and, and you have taken that to an exponential level during your retirement years. Yes. Um,
2: I love to make quilts and I find opportunities, um, for graduations, for weddings, for babies uh, to make quilts. And I use that time that I'm sewing to pray for the recipient of the quilt. And I also, That's a lot of time, too, because yes a lot it of Yes, it is. Time. Hours and hours of prayer time. I mm-hmm. have my little list that not only do I pray for the person, but I pray for other people at that time. But I also have a ministry in my neighborhoods, mm-hmm. whether I'm up north or whether I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, is my my neighbors are my mission field, and I am... Um, I relish the time that I have with neighbors.
1: You guys are very intentional about that, and I think even your um, Dale Carnegie guy saw that all those years ago and said, "How about if you be the ones to host the study in your home?" You know, they you have a sense of hospitality, and that makes people comfortable comfortable to get to that next level with you. And you've always been very intentional with that. So, Mom and Dad, I want you to address um, for our listeners. There are a lot of people today that are very fearful of getting married because they've had. Um, hurt and brokenness in their, you know, their, lo- their family line, what would you say to them if they, um, you know, or have a relationship that in their mind maybe would lead to marriage? How can you encourage them?
3: Well, I have one philosophy and that's whether you're getting married, whether you're starting a business or no matter what you're going to do, you talk to the people who have been successful in that line of endeavor hmm. and you find out, how, what they had to do, what what pains they had to go through to get where they are, what sacrifices they're willing to make to make it work, mm-hmm. and that I I think across the board, if they people do that, you know, you know, all your friends, but not just say, at the
0: beginning, all the way through. I mean, that's that I think that's one of the things that the couples, yeah. I mean, all along, we've always got to have people older than us that are going to be there to encourage us when the when the chips are You're, down.
3: Yeah, you you go out and talk to your buddies, and they're all saying, "Hey, don't get married, man," you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the slang with things about that, but uh, yeah, marriage is a a wonderful, wonderful um, way to spend your life.
2: And I can can go uh, attest to you can break the chain. Mm-hmm. And the chain can be broken. and before you go into that marriage, get the kind of counseling you and your spouse intended uh, need so that together, they go in knowing that they're going to have a successful marriage. Mm-hmm. Those are very good. Foundation uh, with what, what, Christ.
0: What do you find one of the, when you guys are talking with couples that are struggling? And I, I know you've got friends that are, have been married 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. What What is the one thing you say, hey, just give us some encouragement. We just need some kind of secret. What's one thing you tell people all the time on how they can make their marriage better?
1: Oh, they both <laughs> looked at each other. Can I talk for them? Yes, you can. My parents pray together. And they, oh, and, yeah. and I, and, your grandparents and my prayed grandparents together. prayed together. And I, I know that that has been, um, very powerful in your marriage. Um, I won't speak for you, but it's been powerful for me. For I know. So I'm s- switching it up. And, and I truly believe that that is part of, um, where you've come together and the strength that you've gotten over the years. And what we've,
2: you think? We, for many, many years, we've had our our devotional time in the morning. Uh, We don't do them At the same time, together all the time, but we do talk about what we have read in the morning and spend time with the Lord and prayer for people that we know are going through struggles. But at nighttime, we never go to bed without praying Mm -hmm. for our family and the children and grandchildren. And they are blessed just knowing grandma and grandpa are praying for us They all know
1: it and they appreciate it.
3: You know, the stories told about the old couple that held hands and, and asked, why well, isn't that beautiful? And he said, I hold her hand so she don't hit me. <laughs>
0: wow. On that note, world. <laughs> Ted and Elaine Haynes, thanks for your spiritual legacy. Thanks for being on the air with us today. And thanks for giving me a phenomenal wife. Amen. You're welcome
3: You're welcome Jim mm-hmm.
0: That was fun Martha Wasn't That fun? was great All Thank right you. Thanks for tuning in To I Work For Him This afternoon Make sure you tune in Every day at 3 o'clock You've been listening To I Work For Him With your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg As we celebrate together On Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Just remember this Absolute one thing I, I work, work For him. him Thank you for listening To the I Work For Him podcast With your hosts Jim and Martha Brangenberg Please visit IWorkForHim.com To learn more about Connecting your faith and work To join the I Work For Him nation Or subscribe to our Weekly blog You can also follow us On social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number for him.com.